Well, hi, everyone, and thanks again for joining me as we continue to read through Scripture together. We're reading through the book of Revelation, and today, chapter 14. Now, to better understand the glorious truths of chapter 14, it's helpful to see the context of chapter 13 and a bit of chapter 12. Back in chapter 12, towards the end, we saw the dragon, who is Satan, pressing hard and chasing after and persecuting Christ's church. And then in 13, we see him focus his power and authority through two beasts primarily, one out of the sea and the other from the earth. Now, the beast out of the sea is a political kingdom and really a combination of the four kingdoms referenced in Daniel chapter 7. Many scholars believe it to be Rome. The beast from the earth is religious in nature, spewing forth and spouting a false witness, a false religion, a, a false witness of Christ and the work of the Spirit. And in fact, what does it do further? It encourages, it pushes, it deceives people to believe in and to worship the beast, to receive the mark of the beast on their hand or on their forehead. And further, what is true? That that mark, and unless one has that mark, no one could buy or sell unless they had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. And so we see here this, this government influence, kingdom influence, this false religion influence, partnering together, indeed, to persecute and to pressure the church, indeed, to try to push them to say, hey, if you want to live and have livelihood, you need to worship the beast and abandon Christ, affect their way of living to cause them to abandon Christ. But yet, Christ and his church prevail. And so we see here, John says and tells us what the number of the beast is. It's 666. And this is one of these passages where the discussion about the final Antichrist kind of is focused. Um, there are other passages in the scriptures as well, but this is definitely a big one. And so the number of the beast is a number of a man, John says. His number is 666. And if you uh, look at the Hebrew, um, that spells out and is referring to Nero, the emperor Nero. Now, in regards to this final Antichrist and answering the question, who is the final Antichrist? There's actually much debate about this. Some would say it's the emperor Nero, but others like the reformers or the Westminster divines who drafted and crafted the original uh, Westminster Confession of Faith, uh, 1647, they would say, that it is the office of the Pope, not one particular Pope, but the office of the Pope that seeks to supplant, that seeks to put himself in the place of Christ. And so I could go on and talk about that a lot more in other videos, but this then leads us to chapter 14, as we then see the Lamb and the 144,000 in center view. And who are the 144,000? Well, this is the complete number of the church. And so let's dive into this very word of God and glean and be blessed by the riches of it. Then I looked and behold, a lamb standing on Mount Zion and with him 144,000 having his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven like the voice of many waters, and like the voice of loud thunder. 
and I heard the sound of harpists playing their harps. They sang, as it were, a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders, and no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. These are the ones who were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. These were redeemed from among men, being firstfruits to God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no deceit, for they are without fault before the throne of God. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. And another angel followed, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen that great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image, and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and, in, and they have no rest day or night, who worship the beast and his image, and whoever receives the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. Then I looked and behold, a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. Then another angel came out of the temple which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, who had power over fire, and he cried with a loud cry to him who had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. So the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trampled outside the city and blood came out of the winepress up to the horse's bridles for 1,600 furlongs. Amen and amen. Praise God for this, his very word. And I hope that you're blessed by the reading of it in your ears today. Well, I hope you'll join me next time as we continue 
in chapter 15. God bless you, and we'll see you then.